0: Thank you for joining me Love today. On I am so sure that most of you have tuned in today to find out about these two emails that GT Law has sent in response to our request for federal probe and investigation for RICO violations. Well, this show was originally scheduled to air at 1 o'clock because I was waiting to hear back from AIG and Chubb insurance company, I thought it was best to move the show to the 630 hour. So I thank you for tuning in and joining me. So let's get down to the basics. Don't you want to know about these emails? I know you do. If you followed us on the initial show in which we brought to your attention the federal investigation that is being requested and to our best knowledge and belief is underway against Colson O'Connor Law Firm and GT Law pertaining to their handling of accounts and claims regarding IHS, which is Ivert Health Sciences, also known as MuscleTech or Six Star, and Walmart, as well as CMI, then you would be privy to the following information. Through the course of that, one of the concerns that we had were email communications that Colvin O'Connor Law Firm and GT Law had been communicating that clearly, in our opinion, based on the description and as prescribed under RICO violations, meets the definition for violating those criminal laws. Now we know RICO could either be civil or criminal. We're leaning more toward those criminal under the code section. To that end, We believe that we have enough information that could and should be used in an effort to proceed with such criminal investigation. And so guess what? We did our show, as you know, on Wednesday, August 3rd. And on Thursday, August 4th, at 4.51 p.m., we received an email that had been sent by Jenna Nugent. Jenna Nugent is an associate with the GT Law Office, and in her capacity, she's admitted to practice in two states, Florida and Georgia. And that's going to be relevant a little later in the show. And in her capacity, she purportedly has been engaged in multinational litigation and is an experienced litigator purportedly in pharmaceutical claims, etc. In her email that she sent to us in response to the show that we did on August 3rd, calling for the federal probe and investigation, she wanted to advise us that she came across some quote-unquote disclosures, some emails that had been disseminated and received over the course of several months that she had received and failed to acknowledge that those fell under the disclosure or confidentiality agreement between not her office, of course, but the victim and the claimants and counsel etc. Now, they've held those emails all of this time. And now that they're being advised of a federal investigation, they wait to the four o'clock hour on August 4th to send us emails to advise us that, by the way, we have come across these emails. If that's not enough, a week later, on August 9th at 11.05 p.m., 11.05 p.m. And this should give you a clear understanding of how hard they must be working, that at 11.05 p.m. they send another email. Only this communication is lengthy in language, and this attempts to divert any attention from Walmart and CMI and GT Law and Cozen O'Connor, and instead attempts to implicate AIG, Chubb, C-H-U-B-B, and two other insurance companies and their legal departments. Isn't that something? Now, over the course of the last four or five months since GT Law has been engaged in these communications, never, ever, 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 ever ever have we ever, 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 ever heard of AIG or Chubb Insurance Company. At all times, every form of communication, telephone, email, letter, and or fax, has always and only mentioned CMI, which is an affiliate of Walmart. Never, ever, 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 ever has AIG or Chubb's name been presented to anybody with regard to any of these accusations and or the request for a RICO violation. So why now? Interesting enough, not only is the email sent at 1105, Coming closely so I can say this to you. She cc'd Ernest Greer. Ernest Greer is an African-American male. Yeah, not Ernestine. <laughs> Ernest. <laughs> I thought it was Ernestine, but it's Ernest at the GT Law in Atlanta. He's the quote-unquote co-president. In that capacity, he for some unknown reason has traveled with or purportedly travels with Jenna Nugent, 76 out of the last 90 days, at least purportedly, based on their quote-unquote reply and automated reply emails, why would an associate who is only licensed to practice in Georgia and Florida be traveling 76 out of 90 days where they have no email access, no access to their telephone for 76 out of 90 days? So we went through the Southern District of Florida, just to find out from the federal courts, were there any pending cases that Ms. Nugent was involved or engaged in? No, nothing that would have taken her to the state of Florida. So hence, it allowed us to go onto her website to look to see what type of presentations might she be engaged in that would allow for she and the co-president to be traveling together that many days out of a three-month period and be out of the office where they do not have access to emails and or phones. And so we found the last presentation was in, guess what? The year 2012, four years ago, four years ago. So there's no publication, there's no CLEs, there's no presentations, nothing that would allow for or substantiate this individual traveling out of the state of Georgia with the co-president of this company. Why is that relevant, you might ask? It's relevant as to the veracity of the manner in which these last two emails have been submitted. Because the email that is dated August 4th, that's sent at 4.51 p.m., that covers them with the disclosures, when you work in a multinational law firm that has 1,809 employees like GT Law, you generally are required to include on your email communications either the department chair that you work under or your personal assistant or the administrative assistant for that department. That email doesn't have anyone on it but her, wherein she's acknowledging a failure to acknowledge, quote, unquote, confidential information that she received months and weeks earlier. But now that you hear about a probe, now you're willing to bring that to the attention. Why? as a CYA, I'm sure. The email that is communicated on August 9th at 11.05 p.m. has Greer's name on it, Ernestine, excuse me, Ernest Greer's name on it. Interesting. In that email, she includes him. In an email that he sent, he sent one some weeks prior with no one on it but him, then follows back up where we add Pollinton, J Pollinton, who following protocol is supposed to be named on the email. That is the administrative assistant for those departments. That person should be named on those communications when you are working for multinational law firms where there are and or exists partners and shareholders, etc. There's a protocol that has generally been followed, at least in my 14 years as a practicing attorney, I've never, ever, ever seen emails disseminated and received in the manner that I get from GT Law. Now, why is it important and significant that they're now dropping AIG? And why did that create a delay in my commencing with this show today? Because we reached out to AIG as well as Chubb. And I did not want to communicate with you all any information that would be anything close to inaccurate. I mean, many of you have been following me for the last eight years, and I'm listed as one of the ABA blogs, law blogs, not belonging to ABA, but a blog that they basically allow their members to follow, if you will. To that end, I like to make sure that my information is accurate, and in the eight and a half, nine years that I've been engaged in this show, my communications have always been truthful, and federal agencies and the like have acted on my communications. To that end, I contacted AIG and Chubb because I wanted to know and be able to verify the veracity of the accusations that are now being alleged that they in fact have been and are the persons involved in these issues. And AIG and Chubb said no. They knew nothing about it. It had not been brought to their attention. They've never been presented with any legal claims. They've never been presented with any actions. They've never been it's never been brought to their attention that there were any claims and no one files any claims in which they are serving in the capacity at the insurance company. So why would GT law lie? So I went a step further. I sent an email to Jana Nugent and cc as well as Rosenbaum, because as you know, he is the quote-unquote chief executive officer for GT, and included Cozen O'Connor and others at Walmart and others on those communications in an effort, again, to be able to give you and the feds as much accurate information as I can, And the question that was asked to them, is: I reached out to AIG, we've asked AIG to provide documentation to substantiate your email communications of August 9th at 11.05 p.m. Now, why were you and Mr. Greer out of your office together at 11.05 p.m. on a Friday night, and neither one of you were therefore able to communicate thereafter with email and or by telephone because the automated email immediately kicked back is Hard for me to figure out at this moment. But the bigger issue is no one ever responded to the AIG accusation. No one ever confirmed the information to which she put inside of her email pertaining to AIG and Chubb. So here's where the rubber meets the road. If, in fact, AIG and Chubb have been or are an intricate part of the accusations that should be lodged pertaining to conspiracy then why aren't they privy to any of the communications that GT law purports that they're involved in? Why don't they have any claim information? Why don't they have any research or medical records? Why don't they have any documentation or any other information to substantiate the veracity of her email of August 9th at 11.05 p.m.? Now, aside from attorneys sending people emails at 11.05 p.m. at night, what are you doing? I'm just asking. Because I don't know of anyone that would think that they can disseminate emails at 11 or 5 p.m. at night and purport that that is a representation of a multinational law firm unless you were communicating with somebody overseas. And, hello, you don't do that. You're only licensed in Florida and in Georgia. To that end, you would have no reason to justifiably be able to engage in a disrespectful mode of communicating with someone at 11:05 p.m. That's as close to midnight as anything else. And nowadays, with people having their emails attached to their mobile devices, guess what happens? Notification, notification, notifications. And that notification might continue to go off until such time that you respond to and or acknowledge receipt of such an email. So aside from the unprofessionalism, we look at all of the totalities of this circumstance and we ask, Why would they lie on AIG? Why would they attempt to implicate AIG and say AIG is the one that's handling these matters? No, I don't think there's been any miscommunications. On the contrary, because see, from your communication from April 8th at 1107 a.m. Eastern Standard Time up until that email of August 9th, there had never, ever, ever been any other people involved other than GT law your office, Cousin O'Connor, the executives at Walmart, all of who've been named on every single email, from McMillan to Penner to uh, uh, Mr. Chesfield and others. So why now would you attempt to implicate AIG? And that would explain why they don't know anything. And moreover, it would explain why you're not able to confirm the veracity of your information because you're a liar And so for you to be representing the interest of any companies in the matter in which you all are doing, going back through emails at 11 o'clock at night a week later from our show, so over the course of that entire week from the 4th to the 11th, you people have gone back through emails, and I'm sure you've been deleting emails. And so it was worth me bringing that to the attention of the listening audience. To that end, I thank you all for joining me on BTR. Stay tuned because I am sure there will be some follow ups pertaining to the handling of this matter by Cozen O'Connor and GT Law. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.